the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, professor, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part five in our new series on contending for the faith. We will be talking about the five D's as it relates to our bodies being the holy temple of God. Oftentimes, when we talk about the Old Testament temple as a holy, consecrated place where God dwells, we forget that these Old Testament principles have tremendous application for us today. Question, what are the biblical lessons we can learn from Old Testament temple and our bodies being the New Testament temple that God dwells in? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction, and thank the Lord for always using you every Saturday uh, in a dynamic way in the Lord. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And as Brother Gary said, we've been talking about these five D's as it relates to our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, what an amazing and awesome, powerful illustration of truth between the Old Testament temple and our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, all of these different deeds demonstrate the importance of us living a holy life because the Holy Spirit name is Holy Spirit, and he wants to live in a holy temple. And when the people in the Old Testament, the priests didn't live a holy life, God dropped them dead right in the temple. And we don't want to play with God that way with our own bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, uh, when something out of the ordinary occur, and this is by way of introduction, God takes dramatic and drastic and immediate measures to solve the problem. And sometimes he will zap that person dead. Now, let me give you a classic example by way of introduction. Uh, in your Bibles, in uh, Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 through 2, Leviticus chapter 10, 1 through 2, 
we learn about uh, these two uh, young priest sons of Aaron, uh, Nadad and Abihu, uh, sons of Aaron, uh, took either uh, these, uh, them, either one of them, took his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire. Notice the word strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded not. He told them not to do this. In other words, the strange fire had to do with hypocrisy. They were living lives of hypocrisy. And oftentimes uh, we do likewise in our worship and service, live lives of hypocrisy. And uh, we're borderlining on death as well, because the Bible says uh, the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We just don't need to be playing with God. You know, God doesn't play around with hypocrisy. And then we learn in verse 2 of Leviticus 10, And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Just like Ananias and Sapphira did, and uh, God just zapped uh, them dead. And Nadab and Abihu, these were the two oldest sons of, of Aaron. And the censer was the vessel in which the incense was burned in the holy place. And somehow they profane this. They don't give the exact uh, sin in, in, in any detail. But uh, it is true that they were uh, in the temple serving and they were living lives of hypocrisy. And again, God dropped them dead. Now, they had just seen right before this uh, fire that consumed them, they had just seen, if you look at Leviticus 10 and 29, they had just seen uh, the uh, a, a, a right fire, and they people shouted and they got humble. Uh, but now uh, in this next chapter, uh, I mean, uh, this same chapter, rather, uh, they uh, see uh, another type of fire. So, we see in uh, the previous chapter fire, and now in this chapter, we see a uh, another fire that comes upon them. Uh, there, God oftentimes will give them the fire of his uh, glory, and the people just were blown away with it. And then oftentimes, when people were living lives of hypocrisy, uh, God would take the fire and turn the fire into judgment. So we see that uh, previously in the chapter before, last verse or so, that fire uh, was a blessing to the people. And now in Leviticus 10 and 2, fire went out and divine fire uh, came out and uh, consumed them. It was a fire of judgment. You just got to stop this life of hypocrisy. And uh, this is one of the reasons why the devil hates us doing this show, because we're hitting at the heart of what we need to be doing in our Christian life before God. Now, so uh, let me review all of the four Ds we've learned so far, uh, thus far, and we will pick up with tonight with the fifth D and the final D in this series. The first D that we dealt with was... Uh, 
God wants our body to be a place of dedication. We learn about this in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, a place of dedication. Notice how these D's sound alike, and we want to encourage you to write them down. The second D, God wants our body to be a place of devotion. Oh, how he wants to live in us and our bodies as a place not only of dedication, but devotion. You got to be in the word and get the word in you daily. That's the thing that keeps the devil from trying to penetrate our mind and our spirits and so forth. Thirdly, God wants our body to be a place of duty, which means a place of service, total commitment, service unto the Lord without hypocrisy. We learn about all these things, about these deeds, and you can put all of them together with Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, all of them put together with this. Then fourthly, God wants our body to be a place of death, uh, that in Christ we totally die to sin, uh, we die to self, we die to pride, we die to the ego, uh, and Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. So what we need to do is crucify our eyes, our ears, our tongue, our mind, our uh, body, uh, our spirits, our attitude, uh, crucify God's money that we think was our money. And we need to literally die to self you know, and take up our cross, take up his cross and follow him. That's dying to self. And then uh, fifthly, and the last uh, D, is that God wants our body to be a place of display, display. Now, in other words, we are in Christ. God wants our body to be a display or witness to the world, uh, to uh, our homes, our churches, our communities in Christ, and he wants uh, us to be on display, use our body as a display before the world. We need to let that body be a witness uh, when we let our light so shine before men that they may see the good works of Christ in us and glorify the Father in heaven. We need to be that salt on display, the light on display, and we need to stop being undercover uh, agents and secret agents and be change agents. Uh, God wants our bodies to be a witness on display before the world. In fact, we have, because we have been redeemed in Christ. Now, let me say this in conclusion. When we have totally committed our bodies to Christ without hypocrisy, let me say that again. When we have totally committed our bodies to Christ without hypocrisy, then we are faithful and we are faithful to all of the four Ds, then the fifth D will automatically jump in and follow all these other Ds. When we are committed to number one, dedication, number two, devotion, number three, duty, then number four, death, in Christ dying to self, then fifthly, we're ready to be on display. You know, it's like a, they say when they have a, a product or something like that, uh, they want to showcase it. They want to put it on display as a beautiful thing 
so people can see. Well, God wants to see your body being a beautiful thing on display for Christ. Now, there are two P's that you need to write down that you put with this display. The first P is be honest in your practice. And when you're honest with your practice of your lifestyle, then you'll be honest with your preaching. Your preaching has to be backed up with a practice, your right practice of all these deeds. And uh, so this last and fifty is externally manifested, externally seen before the world in our lives, body, witness, evangelism, apologetics, mission, born mission. And uh, we need to put it on display with uh, three L's. The, the first L is put it on display with our love. The second L with our life. And the third L with our lips. A lot of times people are just uh, putting the Lord on display with their lips. And yet their love and life is a life and love of hypocrisy. So we're going to close with a, a prayer and we want you to pray with us with a prayer of confession and repentance together. Dear Lord, we come before you right now and confess our sins. And you said in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, we repent of not living these five D's in our life. And Lord, empower us through the power of the Holy Spirit to live these lives, these deeds, internally and externally. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, and we say together, amen. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We want to hear from you tonight if you have questions or comments. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So we're wanting to encourage you to take this opportunity to call in. And speaking of prayer, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith, particularly all these many years. We know there is a core group of folks who stand with us, who are standing in the gap for us and lifting this ministry up in prayer. We can't thank you enough for that. This is a prayer-driven ministry, and we truly believe that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And we also want to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially over the many years to keep us on the air. It cost us 400 a week to do what we do here on this radio station. And so we need your help consistently to uh, take care of that radio bill. And right now we're happy to report that we are caught up for this week. But, you know, we need to continue to stay caught up. And next week we are going to be out of the studio um, just for one week, 
And uh, but while we're gone, we're going to air the best of contending for the faith. Um, and we just want to encourage you. It's you can you can listen, but you won't be able to call in. But in addition to that, we will, we want you to make to, to we want to make sure that you continue to pray and that you continue to partner with us financially, even though we're out of the studio for one week. And we know summertime is here. And a lot of people are taking vacations and we don't want you to take a vacation from prayer and we don't want you to take a vacation from your giving. Now, there's two ways that you can donate. Um, number one, you can write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box uh, 553. Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. And speaking of blessing, we want you to be blessed by our podcasts as well. So if you missed any of the recent episodes regarding the five D's or our previous series on the, on the Trinity, all of those episodes are on our podcast and you can go to kfax.com and look up at the banner section under contending for the faith and go to the podcast and boom, there they are along with all the other programs that we've done. So it's a great resource. We want to encourage you, let people know about it, let your pastors know about it, use it for Bible studies. There's a, it's a wealth of information with a ton of uses, and you won't go wrong. It'll bless you and those that you uh, share it with. Well, Dr. Buckner, you're about ready to answer the phone calls. Get get excited about uh, uh, hearing from the callers, uh, what their questions are, their concerns, and their prayer requests. All right, we're going to go to Cece, who's been waiting patiently. Hello, Cece, how you doing? Hi, how you guys doing? Oh, we are truly blessed. Mm-hmm. And good to hear your voice uh, tonight. And and what what is uh, on your mind tonight? What do you have a question tonight? Yeah, I want to ask you uh, your in, input um, on the Nate on the, on the um, New Age movement. And what do you think about them uh, with their theory saying that Christ consciousness is in us all? I just want to hear your input on that. Right, right. Um, that that. Um, Teaching, let me just say that first of all, under Christ within us all, uh, this is a uh, mystic, uh, Gnostic uh, teaching that Christ is in us all. And basically, uh, they're saying that, you know, many of them, that uh, the physical world, some of them, the physical world, is evil and that uh, Christ and uh, Jesus were two separate persons. So uh, the, the Christ in us is where we literally can become Christ ourselves uh, and become a God. So when they say the Christ within us, a lot of people uh, don't understand that phrase and they think, oh, like most Christians, oh, they're talking about Christ in, in us, but they're really emphasizing the fact that Christ is in us 
uh, on a spiritual level as God, and we can become little gods. And we know that this teaching started uh, back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, because the trap of the enemy was that if you eat of this fruit, you will become as gods, knowing good and evil. So uh, knowing good and evil. So Gnostics, they're into gnosis and knowledge. And the New Age movement uh, parades in that. And what they do is they redefine Christ in us. Now, when we talk about Christ in us, we're talking about he is uh, the God-man. He's in us as Savior and Lord and that we are not uh, little gods, and we can't become little gods, but they don't look at it that way. Now, this is another thing that I want to say about the New Age movement. Uh, the New Age movement uh, main religion uh, is spirituality. You'll hear people today say, uh, you know, I'm not born again, but I'm saved. You say, what do you mean by that? They say, well, I'm into spirituality. And spirituality can range from incorporating on a unification level all the religions of the world. So the New Age movement incorporates all the religions of the world, and they all are one. And that's the way the New Age movement operates. And so the New Age movement ranges from spiritual or religious beliefs and practices, which is uh, one of the uh, fastest Western uh, religions uh, that is growing in the America ever since the 1970s. And uh, the New Age movement uh, incorporates belief rooted in Eastern mysticism, even uh, occultic practices, uh, and uh, again, it's a dangerous religion. And I want to say this in conclusion on that, that, you know, I have a question for you, uh, Cece. You know, the two-part question. What? Who is the fastest growing cult in the church today? Who do you think? The, the fastest growing one? Who do you think um, the fastest growing cult in the church today? Um... I'm not sure. I don't know if it's Jehovah, Jehovah Witness or the Mormons. No, the fastest growing cult in the church today is the Word Faith Teachers. Oh, wow. And the fastest growing cult outside the church is the New Age movement. That's important to know. The fastest growing cult in the church today is the Word Faith Teachers. And the fastest growing cult outside the church is the New Age movement. And there are a lot of people involved with that. People like Oprah Winfrey and a lot of the Hollywood people. And even there are people in some churches and evangelical churches that incorporate the New Age thinking. So we have to be discerning and uh, make sure that we know the word of God and put everything to the test, including this new age uh, movement uh, garbage. 
So hopefully that that's giving you some insight and and, and uh, some helpful points around it. Uh, the reality is uh, in witnessing, we just got to tell them who the real Jesus is because they have a counterfeit Jesus and the counterfeit Jesus can be uh, spread it out into all different religions and occultism. And we let them know that John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Don't come to the Father but by me. And uh, we let them know also Acts 4 and 12, and neither is the salvation any other, for there's no other name under heaven given unto men whereby we be saved. And then we give them also Jude 3, where we get our name, contend for the faith that was once. That's one of the greatest apologetic scriptures that was once and for all delivered into the same. Let's say twice, a multitude of times, like the New Age movement does. Once and for all delivered into the same. How was it once and for all delivered into the same? Through Jesus Christ. So hopefully that gives you some good, uh, uh, quick answers on a Reader's Digest condensation level. And hopefully you got blessed by that. Okay, I really blessed by it. I appreciate it. You gave me you gave me a lot to work with. So I could, yeah. Oh, good. You always come up with some good questions. We appreciate you. And do you have any prayer requests before we let you go? Yeah, you can pray for my mother, Rosa Linda, and my family. You can pray for me. I have a, um, an abscess, and it's, I'm having problems getting it down. And so I want to pray that God will get you know help get the rid, rid, rid of that. And just you know, I was gonna say my mother, my family, Rosa Linda, and uh, celebrities in general. Yes. Uh, we will do that uh, along with Richard Sherman, uh, you know, playing for Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers. Uh, he just got himself in some trouble. So, Richard Sherman. Uh, okay, let's go before the Lord, Brother Gary, and, and pray for these needs. All right. Lord, we just thank you, for Brother CC. We pray that you continue to watch over his family and his mother, Rosalinda, that you would bless them, meet their needs as well. We pray, Lord God, over this abscess, Lord God, that we have healing, life, that you, Lord God, would touch him in his point of need and, and just bring healing to that area of his body. We pray, Lord God, for these celebrities as well as this gentleman, Richard. We pray, Lord God, that uh, when people make mistakes, Lord God, that they would learn and that they would also find grace and mercy as well. And Lord, we just thank you. Uh, continue to bless Cece. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cece, for your your call as well as your uh, always good sound questions. And God bless you, brother. God bless you too. Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, we've got about five minutes before we need to take a break, so we got time to to go to Rick. Hello, brother Rick. How you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? We are truly blessed in the Lord, brother. And good, always good to hear your voice and. Uh, you have a question tonight? Yes, and very germane to the last question. Does the Bible teach about the gift of discernment? That's my first question. And my second question is, how would we, how would we define biblical discernment? Wow, what a good question, uh, Brother Rick. And thank you so much for always, again, like Cece, always calling in with some good uh, questions as well. Let me just kind of like uh, open up by saying this, and this may become a shock to a lot of the people that are listening tonight. And when I say this, but hold on tight to your seat, buckle up, because there's some uh, something I want to say in addition to what I'm going to say to you. 
the the Bible does not talk about, now listen to me carefully, the Bible does not talk about the gift of discernment. You say, wow, Dr. Butner, are you becoming a heretic? <laughs> no, I'm not becoming a heretic. Uh, I just want to show you what the Bible says itself. Make a note of that. The Bible does not talk anywhere about the gift of discernment. What the Bible talks about is the gift of discerning of spirits. Make a note of that. So when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, it talks about uh, to another, let me see, go, go here to verse 10, start off with it. To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits. Does it say that? that uh, the, does, does it say anything about the gift of discernment? No. It says the discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. So we, and a lot of times, and I want to elaborate upon this, Rick, so I'm going to kind of mess with this a little bit, and then uh, we'll keep you on so I can deal with it a little bit more in detail. But a lot of times when people talk about uh, the uh, gift of discernment, which the Bible doesn't say the gift of discernment, it says discerning of spirits. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what that's referring to in the context. But a lot of times people, when they say the gift of discernment, uh, what they're doing a lot of time is isogeting the scriptures because a lot of it is superstition and a lot of it is speculation, not revelation. And they're simply just saying, I'm going to speak life into you. Uh, I'm going to I discern this about you, discern that about you, uh, because I have the gift of discernment. And what you have to do with people who talk like this is put it to the test with the scriptures and in the context of scripture. That's uh, very in, important for us to understand. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, I want everybody that's listening to me tonight to make a note of this, make a note of this and write it down. The Bible does not speak anywhere about the gift of, dis of discernment in that way. What it's saying is the discerning of spirits. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 and 10 is saying. You can also give a test question and say, does the Bible ever say anything about the gift of discernment? And see what people say. Most people in the church would say, yes, it talks about the gift of discernment. No, it says discerning of spirits. And in the context of First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, what does, from a biblical perspective, does the word discerning of spirits mean? Now, uh, Brother Gary, uh, are we almost up with that five minutes or we have a couple minutes? We have uh, one minute. One minute. In order to do justice to defining what the discerning of spirits mean in the context. Remember, Oratory, the great prince among preachers, said a text taken out of his context becomes a pretext for error. So what I'm going to do in order to give justice to this verse of Scripture, I'm going to hold off, hold on, Brother Rick, and when we come back from the commercial break, I will uh, define it in the context of what I believe Paul is talking about when he talks about 
the discerning of spirits. So I'll turn it over to Brother Gary. All right. This. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that break. Give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Uh, my name's Gary Bell, and we'd just like to thank you once again for all your prayers and for all your, your financial partnership for this ministry, with this ministry. It's so vital that you continue to pray for us, and it's so vital that you continue to support us by your financial giving. It's, there's two ways that you can donate. One way is to write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It does cost us 400 a week in terms of our radio uh, commitment and we need your help. Right now, thankfully, we're caught up and up to date, but we want to stay that way. So we want to encourage you to continue to pray and continue to partner with us financially to give to this ministry to keep this thing going. You've done so for the last almost 20 years, and we know that you're going to continue. We thank you so much for your faithfulness in prayer and your faithfulness in giving. We just want to let you know that next Saturday, we will not be live in the studio, but we will bring you the best of contending for the faith. So you won't be able to call in, but you will most certainly be able to listen to one of our previous broadcasts. I also want to encourage you, uh, if you've missed any of our uh, series on the five D's or the previous series on the Trinity. Uh, you can go to our podcast at kfax.com and uh, look up in the banner section at the top of the page under Contending for the Faith, and you'll see how to reach and connect to the podcast. And it's just chock full of all of our episodes, all of our messages, and uh, you'll be blessed. You can use these things for Bible study. Uh, Sunday school classes, you name it. It's full of information that uh, is vital uh, to giving reasons and answers for your Christian faith. So I'm going to encourage you, check those out, tell others about it, and you will be blessed. All right, let's get back to Brother Rick, Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements. And Brother Rick, are you still there? Yes, I am. Something is triggering another question in my mind after you after you're through answering Okay, what's that? What I'm thinking about also is uh, what we, in First John 4, 1, we're talking about testing the spirits. Mm-hmm. How does that relate to what you're talking about right now? Oh, it uh, relates to it in a powerful way because we are to, it tells us in First uh, Thessalonians, I think it's 5, verse 21, I think. Uh, my memory is right, that 
we are to test all things and hold fast to that which is good, the Apostle Paul says. So this fits into it well with that, uh, Brother Rick. And so thank you so much for saying that. And of course, on a broader level, when he says test all things, I think that when we talk about the discerning, the discerning of spirits in the context, it's narrowed down to uh, a specific word. That's why I wanted to talk about that. But when it says test all things or test the spirits, yes, it does relate to that. But I think, believe that John is mentioning it on a broader level, whereas Paul in First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, is saying something right in the context here. Now, so let me get to the context where it says in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 10, he says, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, uh, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Isn't it interesting how uh, the Lord mentions through the Apostle Paul prophecy before discerning of spirits? So what the Apostle Paul is saying just like he's saying in the same verse of scripture, he talks about tongues, diverse kinds of tongues, and then the interpretations of tongues. So what is the thing that judges diverse kinds of tongues? It's the interpretations of tongue. In other words, you if, if somebody's in the church uh, literally uh, speaking in tongues, the Apostle Paul says, you got to have an interpreter uh, of that person's uh, situation. You got to judge that interpretation uh, and make sure that they're doing it on a biblical level. Uh, so the interpretation of those tongues uh, is something that is very important. Now, uh, the same thing is true with uh, him mentioning prophecy. And then right after prophecy, he mentions discerning of, of spirits. So what the Apostle Paul is saying in the context is that if somebody is in the church saying, uh, I have a word of prophecy, and we see this happening all the time, you know, uh, we saw it with Harold Camping, and we see it with a lot of people, even in some of the uh extreme Pentecostal groups, that I have a word of prophecy. I have a word that I want to speak this in your life and that in your life. And what happens is the Apostle Paul is saying, even with the preaching, because prophecy has to do with preaching in the church. So what the uh, Apostle Paul is saying in the spirit, that we are to be this, the discerning of those spirits when prophecy come at us. So it's everything, you got to look at everything in the context. Just like, it, it so it, it, it follows each other, right? Another prophecy, then another discerning of spirits. You're discerning what is being previously stated in the context. The same thing is true, what is previously stated with diverse kinds of, of tongues, and then the interpretations follow behind that because you put it to the test. Discerning of spirits, 
as testing and judging uh, prophecy, and then the interpretations of tongues is judging all the people out there saying, I got the gift of uh, tongues, and they are testing and judging that as well. So this is what it's saying. And uh, I believe today that a lot of people take this thing of uh, discerning of spirits in a whole different world outside the context of what the Apostle Paul is saying. And we are not to add or take away. Uh, so this is what he's saying. Now, I conclude on saying this with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 32. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 32. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, what he's saying there is that you can't just go off the cuff with saying a whole bunch of stuff unless you are accountable to others in the body of Christ that can put it to the test of what you're doing. That's what, when you were giving First John, uh, you know, four and one, we put everything to the test that people are doing and saying, and we got to line it up with scripture. That's what the Bereans did with even the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. It says that the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they tested everything that Paul said to the scriptures. You know, we are to put things to the test and not just go along with what, what, what anybody says because that could lead you to a road of destruction and eternal separation from God. And that's what a lot of people didn't do when it came to uh, cults when early in history, when it came to the Jehovah Witnesses with Charles Taze Russell, Judge Franklin Rutherford, Nathan Noah, Frederick Franz, they didn't put those men to the test, those leaders of the Jehovah Witnesses, then the Mormons, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, they didn't put those men to the test, and a lot of those people started following a false so-called prophet. And then you got all of these word faith teachers out there, you know, and you got to put these guys to the test as well. You got to test Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers, Benny Hinn, Creflo Dollar, Fred Price. You got to test these people. And then you got to test people uh, even in the church, people that are in our churches today. You got to put it, put them to the test. And you, that's what it's referring to when it says the discerning of spirits. And so we got to make sure we tell people, let's use the right word here. So when they say the gift of discernment, you say to them, have you ever heard of the word, the discerning of spirits? And people will say, oh, no, what, what does that mean? Well, that's the true Bible word. <laughs> that's the true Bible word. The true Bible word is not the gift of discernment, but the discerning of spirits. Put that test out there and ask people about, have you ever heard of the word discerning of spirits and see what they say? You can even say that word to some pastors. They wouldn't know it because a lot of us haven't been taught it this way. And the question that you're asking is a great question that a lot of people don't touch in on. 
So we leave the door open for us to be ignorant in this area. Uh, so hopefully, Brother Rick, that gives you some tremendous insight on that. And uh, good question. You want to have any feedback after what I said? No, it definitely makes a very big difference. We have to be we have to be careful with the words that we use. And I just learned a lesson on that just now because I've taken for granted for many years uh, using the word discernment without yes. the word without using the word discerning a spirit, which is what the intent of the uh, the the intent of the Bible is teaching. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your your uh, question. It's a powerful question, and we appreciate it. And we're going to try to squeeze in uh, Sophia, Sophia. Try to get her in here before we close the program, Brother Gary. All right. Sophia, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. That was, that was fascinating. That was a great question from Brother Rick. Now, really, really fast. Maybe we'll continue when I when you get back. So um, since the, the Lord, of course, has authority over everything, he created everything, everything is his, uh, it doesn't somewhere in the Bible, I looked and looked, couldn't find it, he grants us that authority. If we have that authority, do we have the authority to bind the devil? Uh, well, that's a good question, uh, Sophia. Uh, the Bible never says anywhere a lot of this stuff has come from word faith teachers and kind of oh, it doesn't say anywhere about binding the devil. Uh, it's it does mention the word using the name of Jesus because the the binding and loosing in is only used pretty much uh, in uh, Matthew sixteen and 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 eighteen where it's talking about the authority of the church is they can bind uh, an, an individual from uh, the church uh, if they are not uh, doing what God calls them to do. And so they can, binding and loosing is related to church authority and the church to be executed. But the binding and, and of, of demons and stuff like that, that word is from word faith teachers and uh, people that are, in extreme Pentecostal groups that has nothing to do with the scripture. When we, when we're dealing with um, uh, demons and uh, the devil, we always use the name of Jesus. uh, uh, Like uh, I command you rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And even uh, Michael, the archangel uh, mentioned the name of Jesus uh, in Jude, in the book of Jude. And so there's authority in the name of Jesus. And then when you say about the church having authority and believers, well, the scripture that talks about that uh, is uh, John 1 and, and, and 12. So, it, and, and let me go to it real quick here, John 1 and 12. And it talks about, but as many as receive him, to them gave he the power or authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So the word power there is uh, the word uh, exousia, and that's authority in the name of Jesus. And then you have another word for authority and power in Acts 1 
and ate. And that's the Greek word dunamis. And he said, when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, you shall receive power. That is authority. So we got exousia authority. We got dunamis uh, authority and power. And when we have that upon our lives, uh, that is good enough for us to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. We don't ever use the word binding and loosing because when people use those terms, they're taking everything out of context of Matthew chapter 16 and 18. Well, that's very helpful. And it's right in line of what we're talking about. We have to be careful, as Rick said, about the words we use. So thank you and God bless you both for that. That was very wonderful, Dr. Buckner. I understand now. Good. And thank you for your good uh, uh, question as well. Appreciate you. And All right. Uh, well, it looks like we've got 20 seconds for me to seconds. close this out. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Mike, our engineer tonight, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.